Hello, welcome to an episode of Xenochat. I am one of the hosts, Tyler, along with Justin. What's up, everyone? All right, we got a few, uh, well, several returning faces with us today, or voices, rather. Uh, first up, we have Kat. Oh, hi. And Jesse. Hello. Nick. 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 Hold on, I'm pouring a drink. Oh my god. Alright, then skip him. Well, okay. Nick is here. No, that's my intro. Nick is that's here. my intro. I was, I was trying to spice it up. Oh my gosh. Alright, and after a, and after a long hiatus from the show, we have Pure returning. Welcome back, Pure. <laughs> Hello, my name is Pure, and once again, I'll be your Xeno villain for the day. I'll say you—you you act like this wasn't your idea of an episode, but well, <laughs> we did not—we did not put him up to this. Well, you know, I'm—I was doing you a favor, and uh, <laughs> sure, I might have a, an ulterior motive. I might have an announcement at the end of this uh, episode, and I'll leave it at Okay. Well, the theme of this episode. Um, that we've been slightly alluding to is the Zeno fandom over the years because, I mean, fandom is a very tricky subject, but the Zeno fandom is interesting because it's gone through a lot over the over the past twenty years plus, um, with different forums and different groups uh, sprouting up. So we're gonna kind of delve into that and our own personal experiences with the fandom over the years. Like this episode obviously comes with a big disclaimer of, please don't get too mad. (laughs) I mean, we're going to try to talk about the positives, the positives of fandom, because a lot of people might think of some negatives here and there, but there have been some really good moments to pop out from fandom, and that's what we're mostly here for. Like, mostly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess to start it off, um, would, uh, let's kind of go around and kind of discuss a little briefly, like, your own interactions with or participation with the Xeno fandom? Um, who wants to go first? I can go first, since mine's probably the easiest. Okay. Alright, so, I think I've mentioned it before, but I really haven't engaged with the Zeno fandom, or really much many fandoms in general, before the podcast. So, compared to a lot of people, at least, it, it feels like I played these games in hiding. Like, I played them, but I just never really felt the need to go on the internet and to seek out a bunch of people who also played it and discuss with them and talk about stuff and fanfic and all that stuff. I don't know. I I guess, like, growing up, I just was kind of like, oh, I'll just play this and enjoy it. I don't really see the point in doing it. But, of course, later on, I would, uh, you know, I'd be part of Operation Rainfall. So that's when I started to become a little bit more involved in communities and then we're doing a podcast, so obviously at this point, oh, I'm, I'm sounding like a fucking like prick right now. Look at me, I got a podcast, so now I'm important in general. <sighs> no, I'm not important. I am the least important person in the community. 
<laughs> but yes, it would be till the podcast that I would actually like start to make some sort of content for Zeno and um yeah, like it's been cool. Like I've met some fun people. I've also had plenty of bad experiences browsing Twitter, which has led to me blocking a lot more people than I would care to admit. <laughs> but uh yeah, otherwise I think my I, I am happy that I met the people that I met because they've been pretty cool to me and I've had some fun experiences, so it's not all bad. Oh. It's it's fandom is very much what you make of it. That's mm-hmm. where I see it. Like you can either go in there, you can make it a good experience. You could find some people that you really gel with, and you can hopefully use it to explore yourself and discover some new stuff about you too. Mm-hmm. Or you could just be an asshole and bring in all of your own <laughs> personal issues and poison the wells for everybody. You could absolutely do that too. Wow, but Justin. They they were they were thinking I was going to be the passive aggressive one. (laughs) I'm supposed to be the villain. I'm taking my thunder right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be the villain this episode. I got the double the heel. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, it it is very much what you make of it, and I think people need to remember that communities are made of people. So you want the community to be good, then do good. All right. Okay. Um, all right. How about you go, Nick, since you're somewhat a fresher fan, somewhat. I, I'm, I might be the, honestly, I might be the freshest one here, like, in a way, because, like, I I was, I had played, I, my first game was Xenoblade, the first one. Like, I played it back around the time it came out, just because I was curious, because, like, oh, it's set on two giant god, dead god titan things, and I thought that was cool, and I'm all about, like, the places you explore in games anyway, so that, like, kind of got me in in the first place, but, you know, I never really got involved with the fandom, I just kind of, at first, for, like, a long time, I met, I met some friends uh, in in real life, believe it or not, that um, they ended up, they talked about how they used to be really big into, like, the Xenosaga fandom, especially, and I, I don't know, I was, like, remotely curious they weren't. Uh, some of them were fans still. Some of them weren't so much anymore. But um, in the in, long story short, I met uh, our friend HK here, Rainy, and uh, she kind of got me involved with this fandom. And um, like, I was really enjoying all the games I was playing, so I went back and played a lot of the older games and got all caught up and stuff. And you know, for what it's worth, I've enjoyed all of it. Uh, so that's part of why I'm here. Also, I just really like these people, you know. Aww. So that's like the, one of the that's one of the cool. Yeah, I know. It was it was a terrible mistake. How could you involve yourself with us? We're the worst. You know, I think you should stick to uh, tweeting about Mega Man, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> nah, I can't. But um, no, yeah, I, I, I mean. I like our corner of the fandom. It's been pretty great. It's been a lot of fun to discuss these games with them. Um, I have no regrets. So, uh, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, um, let's see. Well, let me, I guess, let's, I'll go next. Because I know the others might have a, a deeper, deeper story than me. Um, but yeah, I started on like 
forums like I was on like the IGN forums and um I was on Bot and Kaito's forums, but I was also talking about Xenosaga there for some reason. Um but my first like real forum was like Zeno Legacy, um, which I had a really good time, made a lot of good friends there and went on to God Sib and whatnot and um Zeno Underground. Um and yeah, it's um I mean there are some low points to it too, which I admit some of it in the past I was very cringe. Uh so but I feel like I've gotten a little bit better since those days. I hope. Um but um yeah, I would still like to um uh yeah. The most I've been in it these days is with Zeno Chat and um I mostly for Twitter I look at really awesome fi- fan art. There's some great fan art out there. <sighs> but well, if I may interject, you you say it's cringe, it's fearless, though. it's really just fearless. You just yeah, you didn't care, you didn't care what other people. No cringe, only free. Uh, no, no, there's some stuff back then that I wish I hadn't. But uh, things are good uh, for the most part nowadays. But I'm 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 mostly surround myself with with you guys, so that's what I like most these days. It's more chill experience but it's still a good experience so like you could chat to me yeah um who would like to go next i can go next okie doke all right uh so for for a while like i started uh, i'm i'm old as dirt i'm 41 uh so xenogears came out when i was around 16 or 17 uh i didn't like they're they're really wasn't a whole lot of like fandom me like uh like uh communities and stuff that that I really wanted to reach out to uh in 1998/1999 all all basically all all I did was fan art and fan fiction and I I wrote for myself and I drew for myself and I I basically only really like Googled Xenogears fan art uh, and uh, was was lurking and and looking at other at the works that other people did and drawing inspiration from them. Uh, let's see, uh, there was a website uh, that I used to go to that is still up. It's called uh, Gar- uh, Guardian Angels, uh, which centered around uh, the elements and uh, those people uh, who made those scans and translations. Uh, like back in the day, uh, so like became like I don't want to say I idolized them, but I kind of did because <laughs> like uh, some some of their their works just sort of like became enshrined in the back of my mind because uh, like I was a kid on the internet <laughs> and these people were older and smarter than me, so it was like oh, this is so cool. Um, I think uh, by the time Xenosaga went around. Um, I I was poking around like uh, I I was really just sort of like because I like the wrong characters in every fandom ever <laughs> I was kind of remiss to join any kind of forum uh, but for some reason uh, that fear got beaten back with Xenosaga and I joined this little forum called Xeno Legacy I think right 
before or right after Xenosaga 2 came out. And um, it was nice to have a little bit of community, and I made a couple of friends, but like since since I like the wrong characters, uh, I ran into a lot of content that was like forum thread bashing your favorite character. And uh, I, I really got sick of that and it, it made me really discouraged to see that kind of content on the internet because like I uh, I have depression uh, already uh, and for, for a really long time I was just like uh, a solo person uh, and uh, one day there was a message out on LiveJournal uh, somebody wanted to make a Xenosaga website because by, by the time that was it, it was uh, Xenosaga 3 had come out and I was, I was tired of being like an unknown and uh, it turned out to be it turned out that person was Jesse and uh, together uh, we helped stand up Godsib.net uh, like back in, was it 2009? I believe so, yeah. Okay. According to Wayback Machine, the first time we actually got online was about 2009. I think we were talking in 2008 about it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, when when we first stood up Godsib, uh, I sort of like put out uh, a message to my other uh, people that I that I had been talking to, who sort of like knew me from DeviantArt or LiveJournal or like I don't want to say fanfiction.net, but it might have been fanfiction.net. Um, so I I tried to bring in as many people as as I could to the, the forums for for the first iteration of Godsib, and uh, I think uh, I when when I became a mod on Godsib, uh, I, it, it was the first time I felt like a strong positive connection with uh with the fandom and it it was it was a bright star in my sky for a really long time uh and uh it saw me through a lot of like dark times <laughs> and i'm i'm very grateful that uh that it was there uh and uh, let's see the the other things that that i ended up doing for godsib was uh, I I was a moderator for for a lot of the, the forum stuff. Uh, I did a lot of organization for the art that was cataloged there. Um, I I'm not a translator and I'm not an essay writer, um, but I like there was a lot of like fan based initiatives. Like I I don't exactly remember, but like I I wanted to see people's fan art and I wanted I wanted to to like. I wanted to encourage other people to post their work as well. Um, and uh, between Godsib's website and uh, the, the group on DeviantArt and the group on Tumblr, I got, it, it was a lot of positive energy. And I think, uh, like, once Tumblr got, <laughs> like, once the Tumblr era started, things started to fall apart. And I think uh, Godsib 1.0 got hacked around that time. Uh, and, uh, when, when that happened, uh, I had started, uh, Xeno Underground as sort of like, uh, an interstitial, um, but when, when I started Xeno Underground, I was kind of by myself for a bit, and, uh, what should have happened was I should have just archived the art and not tried to start another forum, but, uh, 
when when I tried to start a forum for myself, it was it was essentially just me working on it, and uh, I had just gotten a high stress job, and I <laughs> uh, I didn't realize, but my stress would get worse and worse and worse, and I think around the time that stress got very bad, uh, Xeno Underground's forums uh, needed a lot more work than than I could give them. Uh, so I, I went from self-hosting them to using uh, an external uh, forum uh, called... Uh, I, f I even forget what I used. Hang on one second. Uh, forum Motion. Uh, and Forum Motion was, was nice, but it didn't have a whole lot of features. Uh, a couple of very important people weren't impressed with uh, Forum Motion, and I, uh, unfortunately, they, they decided not to, uh, not to continue for, for the community. And I think after a certain amount of time, uh, the, the activity on uh, Xeno Underground's forums became uh, negative, and so I became discouraged uh, in, in my own project, and uh, I basically sort of, uh, because, because of that discouragement, I didn't want, I, I started to not want to continue the community, because it was basically, uh, I didn't want to uh, discipline my own friends on, on a website that, that I ran, uh, my my interests uh like i wanted to be friends with everybody and the thing about uh trying to be friends with everybody is that it's impossible um and so uh i i was discouraged uh for a very long time basically 2013 <laughs> until 2020 uh which is i think when i uh reached out to the podcast for help um, and, uh, Jesse was able to come back and make Godsib 2.0, uh, I think after a very long stint of me sort of abandoning, <laughs> abandoning my own forum for, uh, uh, Tumblr and then Twitter. Um, and I think, uh, I just have felt old and outmoded for a really long time, and also, I have so much stress at work, so I have to be an adult, uh, like basically every day during the week, and the like having to deal with uh, people's personalities and people's fights uh, really just made me not want to do any of it at all <laughs> anymore. But uh, even when I was feeling this way, I didn't want to shut completely down because I didn't want the amount of content that we'd accrued to disappear from the internet. So um, when I was reached out to, to Tyler and uh, Justin uh, to do the podcast, I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe this will be all right. And I, I have had a really good time, uh, but I, I realized that I, I can't run a community by myself. So that's, that's when I reached out and um, asked for help. And we got Jesse back. We've got like everybody on the podcast, uh, uh, well, not, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people on the podcast uh, have helped with um, with Godsip 2.0, and uh, now basically I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of content to recede into the background. Uh, 
I Xeno Underground is still a website that's up on the internet, um, but it's basically just an archive, and it's it was all, always sort of I I hoped that it was just um, temporary kind of thing, uh, and uh, now that Godsib Two Point is <laughs> is uh, is up. Uh, that that dream of of me only being the temporary holder of the of the content uh, that the the dream of Godson coming back is now true and I'm I'm very happy with that and I think um, uh, now that I'm 41 <laughs> and I'm I'm realizing that I I don't have the patience to run a community because uh, like the the things that you need to run a community is that you need to have patience to deal with a lot of people who may or may not agree with each other and you can't be everybody's friend um and i just really want to go back to doing my own work and having my own friends and um that that is where i'm i'm at right now <laughs> well we appreciate you and you definitely deserve the rest thank you <laughs> i appreciate y'all too you're the best cat no you're the best <laughs> I'm really not, and I'm probably about to explain why. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll go next. That sounds like a pretty good segue point. Yeah. Uh, um, so I had I was a very awkward homeschooled kid. Um, and I had my hobby running anime graphics websites so like form signatures avatars wallpapers i really liked graphic design um and i had been dabbling in like that community um and at some point i had met somebody and we had started an anime focused like fandom forum together um and a person on that forum taught me a lot of skills with PHP and, like, um, managing servers and all of the backend stuff that you need to, like, run a form. Um, and eventually I had taken over, like, a technical position there. But after, you know, forums did what they do and there was drama over there, um... I had kind of stepped away from fandom for a while and it was around that time. I want to say circa 2007 when my mom had gotten me Xenosaga one because it was on the discount, like greatest hits for PlayStation two. Mm -hmm. Um, and I played that. I immediately went out and bought Xenosaga two played that. I beat it. I enjoyed Xenosaga 2. I was hungry for more. Um, and, like, immediately, like, sold a few games so I could buy Xenosaga 3. And it just, like, blew my mind. It was all I thought about. It was my new thing. It gave me life. It, And I am not exaggerating when I say that that game very much influenced my life and who I am today. Um, but it was around that time when I was really hungering for, like, that sort of fandom interaction specifically. So I, like, tried to seek it out somewhat on forums like GameFAQs. Um, I believe I did have accounts on Xeno Legacy. 
um, and a couple of other websites. But where I really like sort of felt more comfortable was the live journal space. And um, it was around that time that I had posted like, hey, it would be really cool to make a more fandom focused form um, website. So I actually like have this old Photoshop of like Margulis as a um, Uncle Sam being like, we <laughs> want you to come and make contribu- contributions and to help Still out. Still um, Ooh, I, I want to make that as the, the episode picture. <laughs> um, I had posted that and I believe that um, that is the post cat found and they had expressed great interest in, you know, wanting the same thing. And we started <laughs> if, I may, if I may interject just real fast here, whenever I searched, like, hearing about that stuff years later and trying to, like, dig up stuff, whenever I searched, like, I, I forget which of the forums it was, but that was one of the first images that came up, which was kind of hilarious. <laughs> Was That's that, amazing. Yeah, was that recruitment image? It's still around. Love it. It lives on. Um, anyway, we we had spoken, um, and we started working on this forum. Um, I had spent, like, I believe I was, like, 15, 16 around that time. And I spent, like, the whole summer going through the process of installing PHPBB, um, installing and using WordPress. I was already pretty familiar with WordPress and comfortable with it at the time. Um, but doing things like the integrations and such. Um, and like, man, it took off like fairly fast, I remember. Um, and it kept growing at like a decent rate for like three or four years. Um, we had some great mods. We had some great people um, on there. I miss it a lot. I loved those times. Unfortunately, uh, being a moody teenager um, in the situation I was, uh, being sort of homeschooled and trying to carve myself out into the world, um, I did not always... I kind of faded away and acted like a big jerk about it. I used to be a piece of shit. I'm not anymore. People can change. Uh-huh. Um, I still eat sloppy steaks. I still eat them. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, Dump I'm a piece of shit. You get a steak and a glass of water. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I faded away for a while due to both like personal things that had gone on with the forum and just wanting to carve out my identity in the world and I to just plainly say it I really just needed to go touch grass for the first time in my life um however I also know that I pretty badly misbehaved and um I'm very sorry for that cat I mean okay for for (laughs) my my perspective I always hope that uh you'd you'd come back and uh, like we could be friends again because we were we were really good friends for a really long time and I am so glad you're back in my life and like I, words words can't express and I'm super proud of uh, how much you've 
been able to like improve your life and i also understood why you were acting the way you were acting when you were young <laughs> I mean, yeah, you. you gotta give yourself your, a break you were young see that folks that's irl character development um i deeply oh. regretted what happened when the forum got hacked it was due to my negligence um i had gotten stressed out i had fallen behind i was for like past like nine months just like not really posting on the forum i had been called out for it um but it was during a time of like great transition in my life um and i learned a lot and I think the biggest thing that I learned is always, always take backups. Um, Godsub 2.0 has, uh, like, I pay for monthly backups for that, and I take them manually every six months just because I don't want that to ever happen again. Um, but yeah, uh, we're doing new and exciting things over there, um, and I was so glad to come back and... Uh, I guess try to utilize some of my skills to help out the community that means so much to me. I would like that. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. I super appreciate you. Like, I mean, I'd... like, <laughs> like words, words can't express. <laughs> I do as well. What happened in the past is the past. What mm -hmm. matters is who you are now. Uh huh. And so far, at least, you've been great. I got no complaints. <laughs> Thanks, man. You've, you've really kind of outdone yourself, and I, I never thought that that was going to be, like, what came from just me reaching out to you about old character models so I could do a cosplay. That was all. That was all I yeah. expected. It was just like, whatever. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, like, let's all reconnect with Jess. And, like, oh, for me, it's the first time. But I'm glad that you mm -hmm. guys Thanks. Um, yeah, I would have never guessed that Godzip would have come back either, just because if you had asked me in 2019, I would have been like, I don't have time for that. But um, I guess that's, I have a work from home job now. Um, unfortunately, world events happened around the same time we reconnected, but a silver lining in that is I was able to take on that project. So, and I will keep doing it as long as I can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would you like to go? Well, you're the only one left, Pierre. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, this is going to be good. What was I expecting? Like an evil laugh? <laughs> uh, he sounded defeated instead. <laughs> no, uh, Justin's already taking my. He's taking my villain Take thunder. thunder. <laughs> uh, I wish I had some popcorn with me. I don't even. Even now, he just laughed that evil laugh. He just did. <laughs> True villain all along. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just feeling all the like evil shit right now. I understand. <laughs> you. You got to do this like every week, right? Well, my story is. Uh, yeah, well, the beginning of it is is not very interesting. Uh, the beginning is. Uh, you know, I've always uh, always quite liked a lot of Square games back in the day. You know. Uh, my my first, I believe my first role playing game that I ever played was Final Fantasy One. So, you know, uh, yeah, I had, I had played all the ones that had come out in America at the time. So, you know, four, six, eventually seven. So, eventually, I had just ended up playing. Well, I've, I've actually told this part of the story before, where I had a decision. I was going to rent a game. I believe it was rent, not buy, and it was 
I'm either going to rent one game. It's either going to be Parasite Eve or Xenogears. And that day, I chose Parasite Eve. <laughs> and I have no regrets. Um, <laughs> but later on, I did play Xenogears, but it was still fairly relevant, you know, um, when, when it was still available. And, uh, you know, at the time, I, I, I quite liked the game. Um, but I have to admit, even though it was, it was quite different from the other games that I had been playing, the other role-playing games, it did kind of fall in the shuffle of all these games. You know, uh, I'm not sure if I have a favorite, if I can pick a favorite from like the late 90s or whatever. Um, uh, if you had asked me later on, which was your favorite, I probably would say Xenogears. If you asked me today, which is my favorite from that era, I would definitely not say Xenogears. Uh and even mine, I hadn't. There were, at the time, I hadn't. There were certain games I hadn't played yet. I'd only rented Final Fantasy VIII. I had never finished it at the time. I didn't finish Final Fantasy VIII until two thousand nine. Oh, yeah, it, uh, it was only a rental, so I, you know, just ended up playing it much later. Um, and then I played nine. I also had never played that one. I, I didn't even rent that one, and I ended up playing that also in two thousand nine for the first time. So, you know, those games. Uh, there were quite a few games from the nineties I didn't play until, you know, much after Xenic Years. Um, but yeah, um, uh, was familiar enough with the fandom. Like I had known about perfect works and all that, but I have to admit at the time, I didn't care nearly as much as most other people did. It was, you, you might, some people might be surprised to hear that, but at the time I really didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I, again, I, but I had known about like the fan sites. I had posted something to you guys earlier, an old fan post from, uh, Whatever that site was called, there's so many sites. Back then, there was like a million sites for every game. So, you know, and Xenogears was not too different. It was, was never as active as the Final Fantasy stuff, but it was, you know, it had its community. Um, of course, I do think since I was the last one, I will talk a little bit about um, just what it was like back then. Like, and then it was if people, if you, you know, uh, maybe didn't get into fandoms until like, maybe the late 2000s or even not even the late 2000s. Like a lot of people didn't until like the 2010s. Like if you're, if you're like 22 and you're listening to this, so you, you probably, that's probably right around the time you started caring more about fans, probably like 2011 or something. So, um, yeah, like, like at the time Xenogears had come out, it was so different that like, like it was an era where PC games and console games were not, they were separated. If you went on a website, they were always separated. They were never, you know, like if you went on GameSpot, Game of the Year, you had two different games of the year. You had console game of the year and you had PC game of the year. Completely different culture back then. Um, you know, no social media really, you know, anything like MySpace didn't even exist yet. It was a different, it was just a different time. And uh, you had the Google Group stuff. I posted one thing from there. And, uh, and the thing I posted was from 97. Because back before Xenogears had come out, and I wasn't aware of this at the time, but people, you know, they weren't even, weren't even sure if the, the game was going to be translated. They didn't know if Xenogears was going to make it to America. So even back then in 97, there was some discourse about the game. And, you know, uh, Moro Goto, you guys, some of you guys know who that is. He's, I label him personally, like, as somewhat as a, as a joke, but I do think there's some validness to it. I tend to label him as the first Xeno fan ever. He's the oldest Xeno fan I know from like, as, as far as like how long he's been a fan is he was following that game before it was ever released since like 90, since 97. 
Um, he's shown me a lot of old stuff that, you know, I didn't know existed. A lot of old discourse I didn't know about, you know, in Japan from when the game was, you know, when before the game had even come out in America, before there was any perfect works or anything like that. That was the first few months the game came out was actually a pretty interesting time in the fandom compared to what we know from, you know, after that time period from a Western point of view. Um, and I will talk about that a little bit because, uh, you know, for, for those of you who don't know who Margoto is, he's a, he's a Japanese fan. He's from Japan. And um, he is probably around Cat's age. I think he's a little older. Um, he has a son in college. So if you want a, some perspective, uh, you know, his, his, his Xenogears is older than his son. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, like he... Uh, you know, at the time, because obviously as we move on into the fandoms, we will... I'll talk about this more once I talk about my fandom a little more. But we have to kind of talk... You can't talk about fandoms without talking about, uh, uh, I suppose, fandom divides and different factions of fandoms. Because Xeno doesn't have one fandom, you know, it's it's always been... Even when it was just Xenogears, it was a fandom divided. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the West and the East. I just mean people... You know, it was always a strange fandom. You would think it'd only be Final Fantasy. You know, when Final Fantasy VII came out, you already had the, the, the divide of fans that were more fans of like Final Fantasy VI and people who were fans of Final Fantasy VII. Or people who didn't like that it was like 3D now. Like to them, that's like how some people felt when it stopped being turn-based. Like it, it was, that's how it was back then. People don't talk about that anymore because all games were becoming 3D at the time. You had a few exceptions, right? You had like Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, that was still 2D. But for the most part, you know, that that was a, there was a divide even in just like gaming culture and Xenogears happened to come out right around that time. So it was, it was, you know, I think that's something in mind that people don't really talk about anymore when it comes to like the history of the fandom. But back to my, you know, fandom, uh, but I never, I never engaged in a lot of the stuff you guys were talking about. I, I was aware of, of, of quite a bit of it, but I was never, it was never in my consciousness because I wasn't that kind of fan at the time. Um, I, you know, I, re- I never made an account in any of those forums, you know, like Godzip or any of that. I never even heard of Godzip until I think like twenty, the 20 sometime in the early twenty tens or something was when I first heard about it. I didn't even really know about it back then, so. Yeah, that's how like out of it I was. Like I was very hands off, and uh, and I felt no need to be anything but hands off back then. So uh, obviously, eventually Xenosaga comes out. Um, I did not play it when it first came out. I played Xenosaga at, uh, quite a while after it came out. Um, and then of course, um, and and I did and I did like Xenosaga. I think that kind of was got, brought me a little closer to being more like the fan I was in the early 2010s when I was really like kind of I suppose analyzing it in a way that most people wouldn't because a lot of people were doing that back then but I always thought my point point of view was a little bit different where I was yes I was interested in the themes and and, and, and many of those aspects but um, I, I was really interested also in just uh, what are the influences we don't know about you know like who are the the who's and the what's of behind the game that weren't just Takahashi and um, there were other things that led me to be more interested in that over time. And uh, I'd be surprised at how much of an influence a lot of people that are never talked about in the company were on these games. So that was always more my point of view. Uh, 
and be, also because it wasn't based on things like themes and you know old philosophical writings that quite frankly are, are always going to be rooted in subjectiveness you know if you read uh Friedrich Nietzsche's writing is actually very little in the form of arguments and it's more almost Absolutely. like yeah it, no i i wouldn't even say that i would say it's more um I'm trying to find, find the right word for it. I would say Nietzsche is more of like a literary historian in a way. Mm. Um, and kind of a social commentator. Uh, I, I put it that way. Um, but like a, yeah, he's just commentary in general. Yeah. The whole nature of that. Allegedly. Yeah. And of course, there's other aspects of it. You know, it's, it's ultimately, it is a series of philosophy books, but it is, um, no, but, but again, when it's hard to explain it without, you know, literally starting a conversation about him. So, but regardless, yeah. um, I, I, because of that and, and so much of the discourse around that at the time, I was more interested in something that was a little bit more objective and saying, okay, why is this part of the game like this? Why did he make this decision? Why was this decision made? So that was always my, I carved that niche out for myself. That was always my thing. So, yeah, Xenoblade is a thing that happens. I actually didn't finish it the first time I played it. I, I ended up going back to it later on. So believe it or not, I, th I think it was 2013 was the first time I finished Xenoblade. So yeah, it's not like I played that game when the Japanese version came out or something, you know. Um, so again, it's still a pretty casual point of view, but I would say 2013 is, is when things started to change for me. That's when I really started to stick my nose and, and you know, what is really going on here? What What is this really about? You know, what is... um. I, I've always been the kind of person that separates each of these games. When I think, when I say Xeno, I always, I'm very careful. I don't really call it a series. You know, they're three different IPs. They're pretty different. You know, they're different. Um, Xeno Song and Xeno are more like each other, but they're still different. Um, and personally, I've always found more artistic appreciation in seeing the fact that they were different rather than what was alike about them. Um, of course, some people saw what was different about them and used that you know, to be tribalistic, I guess. But for me, I just never really cared to, uh, you know, if there was something I didn't like, it's actually the opposite. Uh, for me, the things I don't like is when Xeno is uh, too much of the same, I suppose. Uh, that's always been my gripe. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say which one, because I had replayed Xenogears quite a few times. I probably played that game about six times. And uh, I'm at a point where I'm almost forgetting what the English script for that game is like, having played it more in Japanese at this point. Not so much the case with Xenosaga because the translation is much is I want to say the translation of Xenogears is outright terrible. It's just certain sentences are handled in a different way. And I think of that now. With Xenosaga, the translation's much closer and it's it's surprisingly more faithful. So I don't really you know, I don't differentiate the two as much in that regard. And uh then, you know, Xenoblade X comes out. And I feel like that's for me, that's the shift in the fandom for me, where I think when Xenoblade X comes out, that's the shift, the real shift, or at least the bridge between the old and the new fandom. I actually considered the original Xenoblade when that was the only Xenoblade game. I actually still consider that a part of the old fandom. Because you still saw people from the Xenogears and Xenosaga era around that time. Even if they didn't like the game, they were still around. You know, uh, And it was when Xenoblade X came out, that's when I felt like a lot of the old heads weren't really as around anymore. That was like, that's, I feel like that's the bridge between old and new. And then Xenoblade 2 was on the Switch, and of course, that's a much more popular console than the Wii U. So the series got, you know, naturally more popular. So that's like, I would say the fandom was already in the new era before then, but that's when it was really like the current era of the fandom, was Xenoblade 2. So, 
Um, I'm not going to sit here and break up every single era of the fandom for you because I've already been talking for a while, but I, I don't think my history of the fandom is nearly as interesting as Kat's or Jesse's because I was never involved in it in that way. I've always kept my distance to a certain extent. So yeah, like I would say, you know, obviously I'm here. If you know who I am, you probably know, you know, there's a certain infamy with me where pure is that guy that, you know, is, I suppose, maybe authoritative about information regarding the series in a way, doesn't publish that much of it, and also doesn't actually like the games anymore. And, uh, and I'm pretty comfortable saying that at this point. So that's kind of where, that's how I'm seen. It's not necessarily inaccurate, but it's just... I would say that when that started for me was around 2016. That's when the descent the, the into madness, if you want to call it that, began. Welcome to therapy. Um, that's when I started to become more, more, more jaded, more cynical, maybe even a little bitter, Zeno. And uh, it's a little different for me because people, they'll say, well, I'm a Xeno Saga and Xenogears fan. I don't like Xenoblade. Or I like Xenogears. I don't like the rest. Or I like Xenosaga, but I don't like, you know, these other games. No, people are, they have their, again, they, they have their tribe or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, uh, just liking your thing. And, you know, I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong with that, but um, for me, it's always just been, I used to like the games. I don't like them anymore. That's kind of what it's been like. It's not tribalistic for me. It's just, you know, I just, that's just where I'm at now. And um, I've been, I've been at that point for a very long time. And it is strange. You, you question like, why are you even here or whatever? Well, I do like these folk and, um, you know, it's nice to be here, and Aww. the history of the fandom is still an interesting subject for me. You know, I, I think, um, I feel like I'm obligated to be here, I guess. I feel like I, I'd, it'd be maybe a little irresponsible for, for me to just be like, no, no, I'm not going to be here, or something like that. Because uh, ultimately, I still think preserving an accurate history of how things were is important to me. Um, you know, I still think um, there, there's just something inside of me that sees it as important even if I wouldn't label myself a fan anymore. And uh, I don't necessarily hold it against someone for being a fan. So maybe they'll be able to take something from this and, you know, um, understand the history of it a little more, maybe make it a better place. I don't know. Um, Honestly, it's a take that I, I personally really appreciate. And I think it's like refreshing and kind of like, I, I think, I think it's a good way to, open maybe some people's eyes to certain things for sure to say something without saying much of anything <laughs> yeah i feel like i've i've talked so much during my time in fandom and i remember uh when like the the big break for me uh was when uh i saw or rather my from my perspective uh i was an old head and i was trying to get some of the the, the newer fans uh, who had only played Xenoblade 1 for the first time, uh, uh, I, I wanted to get them interested in, in the older games so that uh, the, f the, the community would would still flourish. Uh, because uh, by by the time uh, Xenoblade 1 was out, we, we were declining in membership uh, in Godzilla 1.0, so the, the fandom was... Uh, it, it never died, uh, but it was it was definitely diminished. Uh, and my first couple of interactions with people with people who I was worried were were 
trying to to keep Xenoblade fans out of older fandom spaces, uh, I probably had a, a much more negative reaction than I should have because, like, I I like it was basically. Uh, sometimes I, I think of the communities I've run in the past as like taverns and I, I want more patrons. I want more people. I want more friends. And I saw the people who were turning away people from their communities. And I was like, are you insane? You want less people in your community? And now I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to participate in any community right now. <laughs> So it's been a big turnaround for me for me right now. Yeah. To your point about like the declines of membership and stuff, I feel like that also coincided with like the rise of Tumblr getting really popular, Twitter, Reddit. Like people had kind of started to like pick one website and do all of their interactions on that and be less inclined to check out a form or even post on the form that they were members of. Yeah, 100%. Because, like, social media made it easy for individuals to talk, uh, and that's that's why it became a huge boom. Uh, and uh, But it's it, these were completely different formatted communities from, from anything that we had had before. So, like, our, our little gated community with the forum where you had to make your own account and you had to be accountable when you were badly behaved... Uh, <laughs> That kind of definitely died out. <laughs> and we weren't jaded with social media yet. <laughs> it was new and fun. Yeah. And now, like, calling people out on Twitter.com is is expected. It's a pastime for people. And, like, I'm 41. I am an adult. I have. I am overemployed. I am not interested. <laughs> the fact that you're calling it a pastime is just so insane because you're not wrong. <laughs> and it's just like me realizing this is where we're at with it. Man, remember when I used Twitter? <laughs> now I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't, I don't think I remember the last time I ever seen you tweet. <laughs> it's been a minute. My new account. <laughs> I did. I, I made a few. I posted a few videos, but I haven't said anything on Twitter since October. I don't say things on Twitter. I mostly lurk. Um. Yeah. I, um. Well, I'm sure if you, if you remember on Twitter, random people would come to me and ask me questions, and they were usually really stupid questions, and they were always about Xeno, even now, I I don't know, I always, I got to the point where it became like a joke, where every every time somebody asked me something on Twitter, I get increasingly more mean toward them over time to see if people would notice, and I remember the last thing somebody sent me was an interview, a Japanese interview. And they were saying, let's let's fund this or something so that somebody can translate this. And I literally just responded. I was like tagged in that conversation for some reason. But I literally just translated what it said, the, the, the brief thing he was asking about. And I literally said something like, uh, I said something like, yeah, I'll save you a happy meal is what it says or something. Like it was, I was being real mean about it. <laughs> people. I don't know. It, it, I just, sometimes it used to happen on Discord. I don't know if people were getting my Discord or something. I, I, I would just respond. I remember, remember the one time that somebody somebody sent me something, and then they deleted their account before I could answer? What? I, I was, yeah, that happened once. I posted that whole screen cap on Twitter. It was so strange. I had, like, I had no idea what happened. No, I'm sorry. He deleted his message, so I, I didn't get a chance to answer. And then he deleted his account. Oh. When I, when I responded with the picture of Will Smith in the empty room, 
from Fresh Prince. That's what I posted because I I didn't know I don't know why he did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he had posted a question to you, and then you went in to look at it and like answer, and it was just like nothing anymore, and just like Will Smith in the empty room. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I I think that's just. I've had, I've had several people tell me, like, I think some people are just scared to talk to you sometimes. And I'm just like, good. I don't want people to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the yeah. lawn. Get off the lawn. Yeah. It's just how it was. I don't know. I, it's just, uh, yeah, it was funny sometimes. Sometimes it was just annoying. Cause sometimes I'm just like, I have better things to do than talking about Xeno sometimes. Like, I just, you know, especially at that point, right? Like, when I'm not, I don't even like games anymore. It's but. hard to be an adult in fandom. It really is. And I'm I'm a recovering people pleaser. So like I I kind of like basically see fandom like it, there's the people I don't know and there's the people who have been my friends for for going on 10 plus years and I will always favor the 10 plus years people except for like under extreme circumstances if somebody I'd been friends with for 10 plus years like turns their back on me or like uh, betrays me like that. That is the uh, that is the uh, the bar there. <laughs> um. Yeah, in my experience, at least when it comes to like these kind of communities, um, and this is more than just fandom in general. Um, I find that like when you join a community like that, you find the people that you mesh with, and then you take them out of that. Like you take your relationship outside of that community, and that's how you start making some connections. Like I remember back in college, we had a, uh, a club. It was called the Japan club. And it was about, it was supposed to be about Japanese culture. It was mostly about anime <laughs> and like, there was so much petty nonsense going on in there. So much drama, like to the point where I didn't even want to be a part of it anymore. But there's people there that like some of the same games I did. So, you know, I was like, well, I still want to be friends with them, but I don't want to hang out with them in that. So I ended up finding some people that I that I got along with and I started hanging out with them outside of that environment. And they were a lot better to hang out with once you got them outside of that. And I think like with fandoms, online fandoms, you can do similar things. Um, there's people on Twitter that you know, so I mesh with and I try to talk to them outside of Twitter or outside of like a fandom environment. Maybe it's a DM. Maybe it's we meet up IRL. You know, like a lot of people in Zeno chat, a lot of people that I really like, I've actually met them IRL at this point. Like I can talk to them outside of the context of fandom. And I think that's a good thing to do. And a little bit, it's also a good way to kind of see who's real. Like, and who's just going to be a jerk online? Go touch grass. Touching grass is fantastic. Touching grass, like, basically saved my life, like, last year. Yeah, saved this episode. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I listen, in my experience, that's kind of the way I like to, to go about it when it comes to getting into a community like this. I like to find people that I like, and, you know, I try to take take the conversation outside of that community. That's valid, and I do think that that is a lot of the charm and what drew people to social media, right? Because you could mm -hmm. meet somebody in the Facebook group or on Twitter, and they would just be talking about something that you liked, but maybe that wasn't the whole, you know, reason they were there. 
but I still think that I will stand up for for fan communities and moderation and independence yeah. and archival. Things just tend to go on social media and go poof. Yeah. Yeah, there's always a space for that, especially archiving stuff. Um, You guys know me, I'm big on that. So <laughs> I'm glad that they exist, that we don't let the, that we're not going to let history get lost. Yeah, I think it also helps to say, like, not not that it's not okay to, um, you know, have certain little obsessions that, you know, make you happy and things like that. But don't be afraid to, like, get out and just explore other things. Yeah. Not, not everything necessarily is going to happen in, like, one series that you get attached to that doesn't happen in another. Of course, they all, like, have their niches and stuff. But, like, you know, it, it helps to have other things to keep your mind on other than just the one thing that goes with like anything. I feel like uh, I know for some people that might like be harder than with others. And I understand having like deep connections to series and things like that for sure. But uh, it never hurts to, you know, just like explore things like you, you might find something and something you never thought you would like uh, that you never thought of before. And for what it's worth, I mean, I do I do genuinely believe that a lot of fandom is trying to do just that. And they like the purpose is to bring people of similar interests together and hopefully you guys can discuss what you guys like and maybe even discover some new things. And I like to think that even in our own little quote unquote fandom here on Zeno Chat, we've done that. Um so I think that's I think that's valid. I think that's a cool that's one of the cool things about having a community and about having fandoms. But I think in terms of just like interpersonal relationships, uh, I think those could be handled a little bit better. And I think a lot of our social media platforms don't do a great job at helping people communicate. I mean, Twitter, enough said. <laughs> yeah. Like exacerbate certain things for sure yeah I, f I feel like the more people i met in zeno fandom the more i just knew who hated each other and i was still trying to be friends with as many of these people as possible but like there comes a certain point where if somebody sees you being friends with somebody else who has made you mad or disrespected you uh and you trying to be neutral in that um that that kind of led me to think that I was being a bad friend and I've I've had to make uh some kind of tough choices uh in dropping acquaintances for like better friendships and uh like I think uh the more I've done that the more I've had like I can't be friends with everybody and when when I first realized that it broke my heart but I was also trying to be friends with so many people and it just got too much for me Man, this uh, this episode sounds more like therapy advice for fandoms. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you intended. <laughs> I mean, in you some know, ways, sure, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 do, I did want to say something, actually. I didn't notice something. So you sent me this link, and uh, is the episode really called Fandom with Pure? If I'm looking at that right. Yeah. Now it's not. I mean... Good it, job, you just changed it. <laughs> it was just a placeholder title. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Please keep it that. Unless no, you want it to be called that. I mean, just call it pure fandom. Yeah. Pure fandom. And have his name in caps and bold letters. 
you know, not that we've, uh, you know, we, we've established our, some of our, man, you guys are making me so glad I, I never bothered talking to anybody in those early days. Right? Didn't really talk to that many people after, I've always just kind of been, <laughs> I kind of just spoke to a, 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 a you know, an, an audience, so to speak, like just assuming everybody was listening and whoever listened, this is what it is. And I just was like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> that's always my, been my approach. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, we, we, Oh, I apologize. I didn't no, punch you off. it's okay. Sorry, what are you going to say? Because I'm about to go in a different territory. Um, I was just going to say that's a big contrast between sort of the old social media or the old way where people would come together in communities. We would hold things like contests and have all of these like group activities. It was always everybody has to do everything together. Um, to like the new way of social media, and it's interesting to just like kind of ruminate on the the differences and the positives and the drawbacks of each one yeah yeah i mean some some stuff is better now but some stuff is definitely better back then too um mm-hmm. uh you know it's, it's more uh i don't know fan interaction feels more commercialized than it used to be i think that's the best way for me to 100 percent. like so many like, people the... like have uh uh, commodified their hobbies. So many people are just like out there for clicks too. Um, <laughs> not really caring if, uh, like, not really caring about their demeanor so much as the amount of attention that they get. It's like the big, um, well, it's kind of like that mentality that a lot of people who are younger that want to become like YouTubers and things to that degree, I feel like I have is like, oh, I can make a living talking about the things I like, you know, I, I get the appeal, but yeah, there, there's a lot of that that just, it feels like that happens a lot lately, not to, at the, at the risk of sounding just very old saying that, but yeah, it's, I get it. I get why it's there, you know, but yeah, doesn't make it like everybody should be that way either. Right. Yeah. And also like the pressure that's on a lot of these people with who, who garner a lot of attention is like mm-hmm. the judgment a lot of people like bring down on them because like because you have so many viewers, you have to uh, never make any mistakes or have any bad judgments. Otherwise, you invite like a lot of like really searing hot criticism. Yeah. And another aspect of it. Um... Kai, you mentioned the whole commercialization of fandom. And um, another at, another thing that's interesting about that to me is there's also the overconsumption part aspect of it, too, where uh, an interesting trend I've noticed on social media is when people join fandoms or communities, folks have this need to get up to speed on everything they can possibly get their hands on for a particular piece of media or series and try to consume that as fast as they can so they can participate in whatever discussions happening that week and it's like it's just it's just such a weird thing where like let's say a new game will come out in a franchise and then people are like in a rush to track down like 30 years of media for that specific franchise and try to consume all of it before that game comes out in like a couple months or something like that. Like 
I've mentioned this uh, in other discussions about like Metroid when Dread was coming out. I used to see people making these elaborate guides on everything you quote unquote need to do or play or read in order to understand Metroid Dread that's coming out later this year. And it's like, and I remember seeing that, like people would make these guys and they would post on Twitter and they would get like hundreds of likes and retweets. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you guys are really encouraging people to seek out 30 years of media and consume 30 years of media in like a month or two, just so they can quote unquote understand this one game coming out. Oh no! See, Justin, it was a, it was a meta explanation. See, this is what the fandom is like. So watch out what you're getting into is what they were trying to say all along. <laughs> try to try to imagine doing that with something like pro wrestling. You better. I hope you're ready. Oh my to goodness! Go back to the 1800s when it was when it was in the carnivals, bro. Yeah. I hope you're ready to. Better watch those old territory tapes. You better find them. <laughs> you got to know the history to understand how we've gotten to this point. Yeah, it's just like it's. It's just this really interesting trend I've seen with people, um, like, that kind of, I guess that kind of goes into, like, binge culture as well, which is a whole other tangent, but it's just a, it's an interesting phenomenon I've seen with, like, a lot of fandoms, and there's just this, this weird inherent pressure that gets put on newcomers to do that in order to feel like they're up to task and that they can actually engage with the community, and I'm not sure if that's the healthiest thing. Yeah, it's it's very unfair to expect uh, a newcomer to a fandom to have to have uh, absorbed every bit of history there is. It's just not possible. That's like the uh, that one post I made on Twitter jokingly, where I posted a I posted a tweet saying, uh, "Oh, you're a Xeno fan? Name every staff member, including the uncredited right. ones." <laughs> By memory. Um, even I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I did kind of want to go back a little bit to the really early days of the fandom and what it was like. Yeah. Um, more from... I'm cheating here because... Oh, well, we can't do that. I, I'm cheating because I, uh, you know, a lot of this information is from Arigoto, and obviously I was... You know, I'm not a fan from Japan. I've been there, but I've not... And I've talked to a lot of Japanese fans, but... Margot's the only one that I really know that's been around for that long. Like, to, to have, you know, I followed it since long before it came out and has stuck with it to this day. Um, so, it's interesting that, um, and this is something I don't see too many people talk about. I, I was I was thinking about, and I, when I was talking to him, I was thinking about what is the first, technically, what would be the first divide in the history of the Xeno family? What was the first time you had people in different camps, you know, because you had that in the West, but later on, you had that in like 2000. You had, you know, the different posters on the different forums. You know, you didn't always like to hang out with all the people on the other forums, you know, it was, they were almost like different communities sometimes. I'm sure you guys at least have some recollection of that. Okay, so, so Morigato was, was thinking, you know, to something he had told me, uh, you know, back in the day when we were, you know, uh, first becoming friends long ago and it was probably and it's funny because this reason for a divide is at least a little bit more rooted in something i guess less stupid but still kind of stupid to divide yourself this much over it 
It was in the Japanese fandom. It was not because the game had not come out in America yet. So um, this was in like maybe three or four months after the game came out. You had some people that were really obsessed with the game. Like, like you know, people tend to be when a new game comes out. And Xenogears is no stranger to attracting some incredibly obsessive people. And the first thing was people, of course, noticed pretty fast that the game references, you know, many things to the writings of uh, Frederick Nietzsche and, um, you know, Carl Jung and, you know, Fruit, uh, uh, Lakan. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Um, um, I've always just read as Lakan in my head or Lacan, but whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's Lakan or something. Uh, it doesn't sound right when I read it that way in my head, though. It's, it's never, I don't know. I've never talked to someone about him in my life outside of, like, one instance, and I don't think they were saying his name right. Like when I was in like in college, and that was like it. Um, so uh, people notice these things, but the the, the the divide was, I suppose, agreeing on what elements of the game were using that as an inspiration or referencing it or retelling it in some way, and then there was another divide where people were debating over whether the usage of this was accurate in any way. Um, you know, my my first thought is always Takahashi likes to use this stuff way too literally. That's always been my thing. Um, don't think that's necessarily an inherently bad thing, but there is some thought in, 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 to, to say that, um, like, like I didn't, I had never read uh, Nietzsche or Jung until I was in, uh, until uh, like the, the mid two thousands. So when I played Xenogears. You know, I didn't really know much about this stuff other than, like, osmosis. And really, it still wasn't that much because I just didn't give a shit. Um, you know, it, it was the 90s. You know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't care about what, you know, fucking uh, turtle recurrence or whatever. You know, I want to know, uh, you know, uh, what's going on with Kurt Cobain or whatever. Uh, so, uh, there is some, there was just some thought of whether or not this was accurate. If you want my take on it, if you want my theory... On whether you know what, like, like this, this the relation between Zeno and this stuff, which obviously there is one, uh, very much so, is that I have a theory that Takahashi has never actually read most of Nietzsche's books, and has actually just read like a highlight reel of it in some way. I believe um, because he spark noted it, something like that. I mean, that might be I might be saying that in a way that's a little harsh. No, but the, re- the, the, the the reason why I say that is just. And it was something that Margot said that that was um, it's something I noticed subconsciously, but never really thought about. Um, this might be a little controversial, but I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stay in the most tasteful way possible. <laughs> also, also, I've heard when I say I've heard this, I've heard this said before. I've heard it, the way the Western fandom talks about this subject is very different from how a Japanese fandom would talk about it. The way they talk about it is very different things uh, regarding Xenogears, and it's that. Obviously, um, Nisha has wrote some stuff that's a little uh, weird. He's wrote some stuff, especially if you read it without context. If you just open up a page in Beyond Good and Evil, you're going to see some stuff that's going to be, you know, like something an incel would write, (laughs) put it that way. Uh, He's wrote some some pretty weird shit. And, of course, that stuff is weird. Like, there's no... Like I, I, it's if you define that stuff as misogynistic, that's not inaccurate. 
what people don't necessarily get sometimes is that Nisha himself wants you to call that writing misogynistic. I think that's something that kind of goes over some people's heads because of what he writes before those entries. Um, what he writes there is like his, he's like exposing the ugliest part of his bias to you when he writes that. Beyond Good and Evil is a very weird book. Um, and in, in his, in his, I believe it's his last book that was ever published. He actually kind of makes fun of himself for the way he writes that stuff and handles it. Um, at least to a certain extent. But with, with the, 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 the divide here is, and this is just an example. There's plenty of examples. I think this is just the easiest one to cite as far as like Nisha's writing because it's so infamous. Everybody, <laughs> when, you, when you bring up Nisha in a controversial way, that's what's going to get brought up every time and probably rightfully so. Um, the, the, the idea was that some of the stuff he wrote was not meant to, it was meant to be challenged. And some people felt that Takahashi was putting some of stuff, some of the inspirations from some of the stuff he wrote in his game, but not in a way where it was meant to be challenged. Like, you're just supposed to accept it at face value. And, uh, Missing the, the, the context, yeah. Right, people feel that maybe he, that's why I say maybe he's never read the books in, in yeah. their entirety. Um, um, hey, Pierre, uh, is there uh, an example of this in in any of the Xeno games? In what way? What do you mean? Uh, so... Uh, I was thinking just the general rule of cool of all of it kind of, like, factored in in some way. I mean, it was... At the, at the time, putting that stuff in your games was very was actually more trending than people realized. Um, it's just that most people weren't naming their stuff. Like, they weren't calling stuff, uh, you know, id... Or whatever, that was literally the name of the thing. Takashi went in that direction. Um, I would say, if you want an example, I guess, if, I, if I'm understanding your question, and, and again, I'm going to put this, because this divide was more in the Japanese fandom, because that was very trendy in Japan at the time. You know, that, like if, you know, th that kind of influence was in a lot of anime at the time. Um, it was something like, um, you know, I was talking about some of the stuff that Nisha had put in Beyond Good and Evil. Um, so people were saying, well, you know, there's like, um, maybe the way Takahashi had treated, and this is the way they would word it, would be like the way he treated some of his heroines felt like he was reading Nisha's stuff the wrong way and that he was putting on an image of challenging the status quo, but maybe didn't really challenge the status quo when it came to certain characters and how they were handled, like Ellie or something, um, stuff like that, um, Again, the Western fandom would not word that in that way. I think they'd be more aggressive about it. Um, again, it's also important to realize that, like, that book was also written in a different language, and when read in a certain language, it does have a different tone to it. But ultimately, it is kind of still... He, he writes some weird shit in there. Like, there's no, there's no going around it. Even in, like, 1800s Germany, some people... Yeah, what well, that and the time period. I was just was like, it's, it's, it's also very old. Yeah, yeah, and... and, and even at that, even in the time period, people thought that was kind of weird. And then they realized that, like, you guys do know that he was hanging out with a lot of, like, female philosophers, right? Like, that was, like, his thing. And Never then, got any goddamn girlfriends, though, because, you know, he was a, uh, I don't want to be too mean, but some, some people, there was, there was a thing where people were asking, who's the biggest loser in philosophy? And some people named him. And I don't think that's the right answer. I think the best answer is um, something someone else wrote saying, uh, it's probably some Greek philosopher you don't know about that had his tablet smashed by a knight or some shit <laughs> that never had him read or something. Yeah. Didn't, um, didn't his Nazi sister kind of edit some of his books to be not so great? Yeah. In some, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, those examples I'm naming were are in the original. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, this, this, that some of that stuff that was edited is uh, mo- most people are aware that's not. You know, I don't think I definitely don't think Takashi's getting inspiration from that. Okay, good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. No, no, no. We're not going in that direction. Okay, so. good, good, good. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, don't get me wrong. I hate Zeno, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna bullshit you and be like, yeah, man, <laughs> it was it was going in with that stuff, but you know. <laughs> No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Utik was the good guy. That's what he was trying to... Yeah, like, that's not what he was trying to say. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the... As, insofar as the Nietzsche stuff, and insofar as the Zeno games that I play, I feel like the message is mostly, like, in self-determination more than anything. Yes. Uh, I just think that... That that's true. I'm not... That, I need I an example of that, maybe, of him missing the point, if that was the inspiration. What I also think is, that's their argument. That's not even mine, right? Mine would be, I think, Takahashi maybe has a, uh, some aspects, depending on how you interpret the subject that I mentioned about, you know, how the heroines and the are handled or whatever. Of course, everyone's going to have a different interpretation of that. But for me, I, th- I just think that because of the subjects he was tackling and he did want Xenogears to come off as something that was challenging the status quo. I do think that um, in doing so, he did kind of maybe, again, depending on your interpretation of it, uh, exposed maybe some, I guess, less than flattering, old-fashioned social biases, in, 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 at least with, at least with Xenogears. I think it's in all his games, but we're talking about Xenogears first. Um, so I do think that's an aspect to it. I, don't, I just don't know for sure if that was inspired by Nisha specifically. I think there are things that were inspired by Nisha that I think don't work out. I just don't know if that was really one. Uh, I think I think if there was something that was um, inspired was uh, there's the, the concept of the eternal feminine that he is very that Takashi seems kind of really into. That um, ironically Nisha does talk about. I don't think again I have a feeling he doesn't he's not aware of what Nisha had said about it. Um, Nisha was actually very mixed on the concept. He thought it was kind of again maybe. Old fashioned, and that's in the 1800s, by the way. So yeah, I was yeah. say is like, uh, yeah, if that was the case, yeah. But keep in mind, he was very ahead of his time, yeah, back yeah. then. So, like, he the stuff he wrote shapes the foundation of what a lot of philosophers and psychologists would write in the first half of the 20th century. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, like Carl Jung, like Nietzsche lives rent free in his head, like hard. Like he's he's kind of a lot of his work is so heavily motivated by what he read from Nisha. And so. Japanese culture in general. Some could say that was the very first split in the Xeno fandom. <laughs> it's like a lot of the Jungian philosophy from what I've, what I've heard about it and read about it. Cause I, I can't say for sure. Cause like I've not actually read his works, I guess, but I, I've looked, uh, I've seen things that talk about his stuff that kind of like go into like a lot of the the ideas that Jung came up with like are somewhat based in you know like Eastern uh, religions and culture and things like that in the first place. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Jungian stuff, I think um, it, it's it's hard to define in the same way because it's not. It's more, uh, it's even more, like, nebulous, his writings. In many yeah, ways. I can see that. I mean, um, especially considering what kind of stuff he tends to tackle from what I've seen, but... 
Right. Um, and and it is, it's also subject to misinterpretation. I don't know if he misinterpreted certain things about it, Takashi, um, like the um, the collective unconscious in Xenosaga is a pretty literal version of Jung's uh, collective unconscious, which, which people often mistake as actually being like Takahashi's version, where it's like this literal thing. That's not quite what it's supposed to be, but again, it, it, there are many aspects of it that are, that are quite nebulous. There's also yeah. eternal, eternal Recurrence, which is also incredibly literal in Xenosaga. But I, I, the thing about Eternal Recurrence is that Nisha had, had, had given it that label, but he's not really the first person to come up with that. Like the, 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 That concept has been tackled before. He's just the one that made it more famous. You know, I, I believe the idea, the original idea before he had really written about it was that eventually in, in this world, another person will be born with the exact same sensibilities and thought process as myself. Not like a literal reincarnation, but that kind of thing. Whether it be coincidence or not, has never actually been clear to me if, if that's what they meant by that. But uh, I think Nisha took it in a less, perhaps, uh, and an interpretation that is perhaps less susceptible to being interpreted as supernatural, I suppose, like some people did. Um, of course, Takashi took that and was like, okay, we're going to name this character after Nisha's middle name, and he's going to be responsible for eternal recurrence where the world is literally going through eternal recurrence over and over again. Like he, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think... I mean, that, uh, yeah, that, that feels like a lot of rule of cool to me, which I, I'm fine with because I love stupid... I think I think there's some substance to the way he handled it in that regard. I just think it's not entirely related to Nisha as much as, as I originally perhaps believed once I became more familiar with yes. the original subject. But again, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. But again, you hear this subject that I'm talking about. You could see why in the 90s, where this was more popular in Japan, why some people would be arguing about this, and now you have these camps of like, well, Xenogears sucks because I finished it, and it would have been better if it maybe didn't do this, perhaps using this philo- uh, this inspiration in a way that maybe wasn't entirely on the money or something. Like, the people were being, you know, people bitch about everything. And Japan is no different, trust me. It, it, fandoms over there are not that different from the West. Not as different as some people would like to have you believe. Um... But at the very least, it's a lot more interesting of a thing to be divided about than, you know, um, this Xenoblade stuff is too different from Xenosaga, and I don't like that people are lumping it in or that it's called Xeno. Like, that's like, you know, you hear that, and it suddenly it sounds a lot more juvenile um, than what people were arguing about at the time. And even then, I don't think people should have been divided over that. I think it's an interesting discussion, I guess. To, To be genuinely divided is petty. I will say debates like that are interesting, lively. I always welcomed them in the community as long as they remained civil. Um, like, I have no issue with people debating the philosophy of the game. That's half the fun of liking a game that's so weird like Xenogears or Xenosaga. I think my least favorite interaction uh, on the Xeno Underground fandom was I was trying to make a, a space for people who enjoyed Xenoblade to like talk and this one user was replying on each of my posts in this section with, I don't like Xenoblade. And I was like, bro, <laughs> bro, please. <laughs> like, not every section is the debate section. stuff's petty and sucks. The thing is, is that, you know, when that was happening, I wasn't, like, upset that people were, like, divided over that. Like, I was just thinking... I don't know, like, like I don't know why people were so 
again, yeah, people, it was different. The, 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 the influences are different, right? They, they often think they'll be labeled as like, well, it seems more inspired by Shonen. By the way, Xena was always very inspired by Shonen. It just masked it a lot better. But it, it, did, it, it, it did have less of the philosophical themes in some ways. But I just, for me, it was just, I don't give a shit. Like, I just didn't care. I just didn't give a shit that that was, I was like, bro, like, yeah, for me, I would not ever say upset so much as just it's annoying. What, like, yeah, I just, I just, it's a hook. Like, <laughs> like, I just, I just didn't understand like the some the extent of like the anger at play. I guess, I guess, because I just wasn't as much of like a, I'm not as attached to these games being, you know. Uh, I think, I think that the idea was that these are these are the best stories ever in any video game, and people were very attached to that idea so for me i was never really attached to that because guess what i've never played every video game ever made so i can't tell you what you know the the, the best game story your best gameplay or whatever i can't tell you that i you know i'm gonna have my own opinion on it when i play it so i, I just never cared i don't i don't to me i don't like to think about what's better than the other everything's just its own thing um sure some things have more merits than, than others but i guess for me i just was always more i don't know i just never i never felt like uh uh overly upset about it. I wasn't even that upset about the like the divide either though. Like like there's a part of me that empathize with people that were maybe annoyed that like this is so different. Why is it labeled like this? Or why are these fans pretending that it's more alike than it actually is? I actually did empathize with that to a certain extent. I actually understood where they were coming from. It's just I don't know. I, I just I just feel like the the level of like tribalism was like it was, it was really cringe even back then like i just yeah. i don't i don't i never again i was very detached from everything so maybe it's easy for me to say that i um, didn't talk bad about satoru iwata like that i'm just kidding what he what he do <laughs> oh in the interview where he suggested them rename it to like zeno yeah, that, like his... that never happened though um that that's actually a myth. That's um. Is it really? I was like, I just remember people like referencing the Iwata ass. Yeah, yeah, and it's like in, that, it's but... it's in it's in the Wikipedia page actually, but it's not true. That like alluded. Um, yeah, I didn't think that. I didn't think that was true. No, it, yeah, it, I, it, I I wasn't sure if it was or no. not. I'd actually not looked into it in forever. I just well, remember well, a lot of people still to this day will reference it. In, in Iwata's report, he says that the, the, he's the one that writes up that the game was renamed to that to to Am Takahashi or whatever, but yeah. he never actually says that it was um that he was the one that did it. In the English one, it might be a little bit more implied in, in the way it's written, but in, in the actual Japanese writing that he did, it never really I'm implied. I'm guessing it must have been because it that that like whole thing around that seemed to kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah, it's but still that it, he was the one who suggested it and I was like I mean like just, like now, now in hindsight especially like seeing where the series has gone. I mean, and I'm not saying that, like, this was all planned out from the start, of course it wasn't. Um, but it's just like, well, it, it, the, I feel like I know, talk, like, the way Takahashi stuff works a little more to the degree where it's like, he probably would have gone that way anyway. <laughs> oh, by the way, before somebody yells at me because I said something, I think I, I made a mistake earlier. Um, I mentioned, when I was talking to Carl Jung, I mentioned literal interpretations of things and I mentioned like it and stuff and I'm pretty sure the it stuff I forgot that's actually I'm pretty sure that's Freud and not Carl Jung but whatever I, I have to admit between, oh, yeah 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 it's Freud, it's Freud. But, but, yeah 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 between the three of them between the three of them him Jung and, 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 and Nisha Freud is he's the one that I care the least about to be honest so yeah um, 
Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry if you heard that and you went to go type furiously in my Twitter. I don't use anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you get a keyboard smash, buddy. Freud that hard, you've probably never actually even taken a philosophy class because almost like like ninety nine percent of the things that he he came up with were pretty much determined all bullshit. That, that's a bit of a that's not entirely. It, it does a portion. I mean, there's a foundational thing there, but I'm just saying, very, like, very important portion of his information is not is 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 basically debunked today. A lot of other stuff he wrote is is not. It's just that um, there was a did so so if and Jung and, and, and Freud were, were friends, good friends, and mm. they eventually came to fucking hate each other, and it's because Freud really wanted to, um, he wanted to approach his stuff in the way we approach stuff now, where it, it, you, you, you put it out there so it can be studied further, and aspects of it can be debunked, and Jung was more vague, can't be disproven, little more high concept stuff that's a little like, you know, it, it, it's more nebulous. You can't really disprove Jung. You either think it has value or it doesn't. With with Freud, it's it's different. He put it out there in a way where it could be debunked one day or improved upon, and you never wanted to do that approach, and they just never, you know, it was like it was like a boy band breakup. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's why that's why people kind of roast him now. But I mean, I think he kind of expected that to happen after his death. So was this like a common topic in the fandom? Only for, like uh, not really. I don't think people have ever talked about Zeno in the way that I just did just now, and that is me uh, being kind of a dick when I say that because um, that that is me calling the fandom stupid. <laughs> yeah, um, you're special. Dude. You're special. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but but in in Japan, <laughs> when the game first came out, these subjects were more popular because they were in a lot of anime at the time. It was trendy. So people would debate if, if this was 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 accurate or not. I'm I'm trying yeah. to, to to bring this up in a very objective way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, totally, I'm just I'm just I'm just what, yeah, what was going on. This out, you know. But but people back then that was a thing, and it caused a divide because people back then it was a cool thing to talk about, and, and people don't understand that that was popular back then. Those types of that's why JRPGs were they felt you know people talk about oh JRPGs in the '90s were so much smarter or whatever, right? Like you know. Yeah, well, you play, you know, you grow up and you play Mario or, you know, the kid games that you right, play. And right, you yeah. hold something like a JRPG in your hand. And, like, I go, I understand now at, like, 31 years old, Xenosaga is, like, not that deep. However, at that time, it felt special. And it felt right. special to share that with people and, like, talk about those things and discover those topics. I think that was very important. Right. I mean, and nothing got you thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. so. Right. But I'm just saying back then, especially in Japan, mm -hmm. early on, according to Morogoto, that was the first divide. Wow. That was the, the first, like, the first, like, four months. He, he, he gave me the whole laydown of, like, this is exactly what it was like if you want to look at, like, people that were divided over anything. It was this kind of stuff. And it wasn't that common. But it was, at the, the game wasn't super popular anyway at the time. So that's just, again, we're talking about the first divide that I, that we kind of, like, determined that's where people were you know we, we really went downhill from being you know questioning like man you know uh you know what what, what was Nietzsche really trying to say that this might not be the way it is when, when Takahashi tried to do this thing to you know fucking um you know my wife who's got bigger titties than yours or some shit that's where we're at now <laughs> so we've we really fallen from there Xenoblade is too anime now 
True, it was never an anime, bro. Always has been. Of course, you move on more and more, and your divide in the fandom would be more maybe people that value certain things in the game that others don't. You've got divides with shipping. You've got divides with our peers. You've got divides with websites. That's how it, you know, that's normal, though. We're, that's a normal part of the divide. <laughs> and then, you know, they start, um, they, they, they formed a new company. Monolithsoft is formed. Um, you know, people are speculating the new game. Is it going to be a Xenogear sequel? It belongs to Square. Xenosaga gets announced. It's not fucking Xenogears, but it's kind of like Xenogears. It's based on a lot of concepts from Xenogears, but it's also different, and it's a different IP, and there's characters that look like Xenogears in the game, and they, you got all these people screaming about, like, this is supposed to be this character, and this is a pre-incarnation of this thing, and they're saying this matter-of-factly, and people are, they want to kill each other, and it's just, you know, it, it's it's... It was a very interesting way to divide your fandom because at the time there weren't that many things like that. Before it was just, you know, I think Final Fantasy VI is better than Seven. I think Seven's overrated or some shit. That that was the extent of it, really. You had other stuff, right? You had weird, the weird exceptions where like this thing happened in this fandom, but it usually wasn't about the games in that regard. It was just controversies about like weird people or something. People were complaining about like, uh, you know. You know, you had these two different IPs, but they were kind of seen as like a single meta series or whatever. Even if, if you were the kind of person that you're like, look, I, I don't I don't think that this should have anything to do with the other. You're still going to see it that way because that's just how it is. The, the fandoms were too intertwined. So, you know, you had a lot of divides at that point, you know, and you had even more websites. And then you had Xenosaga fans that were probably divided from each other. And then Xenosaga 2 came out. And then you had even more divided people because people didn't like that game. They're like, this series is done. It's ruined. And then you've had people that are like, ah, it's fine. I liked it or whatever. I want to see what they do next. Um, you know, it was a mess. The Xenosaga era was a mess, okay? There were less games back then, but it was still a goddamn mess to fandom back then. It was, I trust me, I didn't even play Xenosaga yet. And I feel like that contributed a little bit to me not playing them. Just seeing the train wreck of discussions regarding these games. I was like, all right, I'm going to play, uh, you know, I'm going to play uh, uh, whatever the fuck I was playing at the time. You know, I was playing a lot of PC games. <laughs> I was playing a lot of PC games back then. I was a PC gamer in the mid two thousand, so you know, not I, I missed out a lot of PS two games. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, it was it was a mess. I think you guys, you know, you've already told the stories, your 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 personal stories. I don't need to talk about the Xenosaga era that much because you guys have kind of. I feel like that's the bulk of a lot of your fandoms, like like Tyler, Cat, Jesse. Like you guys were you guys were in the trenches. So I feel, I feel sorry for you guys. You guys are veterans. Like veteran benefits or something. <laughs> Even in like 2009, people were still like preening over Xenogears as the superior smarter game. Xenosaga's just robot titties. Yes, and you know, like in my lurking, I do remember that, and I, I still kind of see it today too. Like people, kind of? who... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when I say kind, of, I mean like. I, I even see it outside of Zeno specifically. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, like, I've seen like Gears. People will use Gears as a way to just, like, put down other RPGs. Yeah. And, like, be like, oh, no. RPGs, they don't make them like they used to. Xenogears are so smart, guys. Remember how great this was back in the day? Games like that don't get made anymore. Nothing Squaresoft has ever made has come close to Xenogears. None of this other crap. Shimmy got me tense. That's child's play. Bro, play Xenogears. 
only good RPG. Like I've seen stuff like that, and I'm like, it's cringe, bro. Yeah, I I think I have I know people who like are all all across the American style divides. I know people who played Xenogears all the way and were religious and were offended. <laughs> I I I'm still friends with some people who only like Gears. Uh, the bulk of my friends are. Uh, Either uh, early uh, early Xenoblade uh, or uh, Xenogears and Xenosaga and Xenoblade One people, and like after that, I have not keep up with the rest of the divides. Like I think at, at one point uh, I was intimidated into breaking up and making an account for each. Uh, Zeno game with like the, the subsection because like I I was very uh, easily influenced and one of the artists that I admired really loved Xenoblade X but hated the concept of Xenoblade Two so I was like oh I better break up all of my all of my art art uh, blogs so that like that's uh, it's it's okay for people to interact with, but that was a really bad idea, and I I am embarrassed that I I even did it, and I don't know why I'm even talking about it now. Oh. You have to have a high IQ to understand Xenogears. <sighs> it's the, it's the brick and Morty of RPGs. Okay, <laughs> I, I, you know the only game that ever made me feel actually stupid was probably Baba as you. So take that with a grain of salt. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what? This is gonna be weird. You know what? What these those games remind me of a little bit. And I, I don't mean this. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm not being in, in this and better. Remember, guys, I used to be. I used to be a fan of these wait. games. Okay. Uh-huh. I was. I was thinking this before. I can't wait. <laughs> I was thinking about this before. I stopped being a fan of, of you know Takahashi's games. Okay. But it reminds you guys ever see or hear of the movie Southland Tales? I, I that's think a, that sounds familiar. That's silence right there. Was, yeah, wait, nobody, nobody saw it. Wait, I think is that the one where it has the car? No, no, no. A lot of movies have cars. I mean, that sounds like the, the kind of movie that Tyler might have seen, but it, was, it felt like a fever dream or something. It was like, well, the, well, the, the movie that? feels like a fever dream. The movie is a uh, so the movie is broken up into three parts, and, and I'm going to say three parts. It's still one movie, and the parts. Are part four, five, and six. There's no one to three. One to three are like the bag. Well, that's already sounds familiar, I'm sure. Um, and it's a very political movie. It's very like like dystopian or whatever. Um, very political. Um, the lead character is actually played by Dwayne Johnson. <gasps> yeah, that's the movie I'm thinking of. Okay, so all right, yeah, playing a very different role by the way. Today he plays like the same character over and over, but that's actually a very different character he played, and. But the movie was, um, you know, it had like three books that came out right when it came out too. It's like this big thing. It's like a fucking labyrinth to try to figure out. Oh god, that's 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 what Xenosaga and Xenogears remind me of every now and then. Just because I think Southland Tales is way more confusing than any of that stuff, though. Like Southland Tales, you if you watch it from start to finish a couple times, you're still gonna be like, this makes no sense unless you like read this book. And even that, it's still weird. It's like a weird psychedelic thing. Um, not, honestly, not a great movie. Not like not well. It's a fucking. It's put together with more duct tape than like disc two. Okay, like it's really bizarre. Um, but you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that in the sense that it's like it had. It was going to be nine parts, and 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 seven, eight, eight, nine never. You know, it got cut or whatever. 
and it just kind of remind it always remind me of that a little bit, like in hindsight. It's very you know it's, you know you know it's a mess when I'm when I'm saying it's more messy than those games when I don't even like them anymore. But yeah, and that um, sounds like my kind of thing. I'm all down for a good psychedelic train wreck. Yeah, man. Again, wash it and then get upset at me for me, for giving you the idea of wandering. I only I only remember one scene from that movie, and I won't say that on the recording. Okay, yeah, I had I had a because for those of you who don't know, I had Dwayne Johnson when he still looked like The Rock when he he didn't go into superhero look mode. He still kind of looked like he did when he was a wrestler. Um, it had uh, uh, Justin Timberlake for some reason. He was casted in that role. It was very weird. I had some other people. Let me let me get the description here. I think the Rotten Tomatoes description is one of the funniest things of all time. Like I'm just gonna get it real quick for you guys. Let's see. Let's get let's get this up here. Uh, I'm trying to trying to. No, I can't. I can't find like the really funny one that I found. That wasn't trying to be funny. It just was funny. Oh well. Um. So. Yeah, well, now that we've we've, I, I only loosely went into the Xenosaga stuff, but it's it's just it, it, there's so much at this point. You know, it's hard to. You know, I want to get into everything. I'm sure you guys can remember. If you guys have any, you know, uh, nice stories, would be would be a nice you know nice change from you guys. But even a, another horror story of when you on live journal or something, I guess that'd be funny from the Xenosaga. Well, uh, I will say that I, I met my best friend in this fandom that I'm still best friends with. So, uh, Aaron, if you're out there, I love you. Oh, so, we love you too, Aaron. Really glad we met. So, I think we had like a lot of great like contests and RPs and had just a lot of fun. It's easy to dwell on the negative stuff. We did have a lot of fun. We made a lot of cool things. We I learned a lot of cool stuff. We did. Uh, I I learned more about back-end websites uh, working with you on Godsuit 1.0 than I have ever learned about outside of <laughs> like uh, amateur website stuff. I mean, I'm biased, but like I have, like, dominoes to a career through doing all of that, so I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I remember doing competitions, like, making banners and stuff, and learning the ins and outs of, well, still not, like, a Photoshop expert, but I stepped my toes into that, and, like, paint.net, and other, not quite fandom stuff, but, I, like, stepped my toe into, like, like Renpai and stuff for fan projects to make visual novels and stuff and I branched that out and it 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 I have learned a lot and also I wouldn't know some of y'all either without fandoms either, so it's some good stuff. I'm like sitting here thinking, what the hell have I learned from this? <laughs> You're on a podcast. You learn how to podcast. Well, I actually had a podcast before this, but that's another oh. story. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, shout out to that Rainfall podcast we used to do back in the day. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, I guess, I, 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 all right, uh, snark aside, I can say that. Um, Playing Zeno did end up, you know, leading to me getting into Rainfall, and then I got into writing 
about video games and interviewing people and going out to events. So I did a lot of stuff through there. So that's pretty cool. And learning how to use Discord's a big one. <laughs> I would not know how to use Discord for for Zeno Chat. So there, there's good stuff about fandom. Like I, I will never say that fandom can't bring good things. Despite everything I've had to say about it this episode, I would say I will say there are good things to come from fandom. Yeah, Justin, you're so old. You don't know how to use a computer properly. I'm sure Discord would have been like horrible to figure out. Yeah, it's just absolutely the worst. If, if it wasn't for Zeno, I wouldn't have learned Discord, guys. <laughs> and in this era of like late stage social media decay, I think that there's just a lot of value and charm for people coming together over a specific thing. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about Xenosaga and Xenoblade and Xenogears. We're not going to talk about like the things that divide us that actually matter. Or, like, the things that, um, you know, make us angry that actually matter. Even if Xenosaga makes us angry sometimes, it's just Xenosaga. And we can have those debates in a friendly way. And we can, you know, share the things that we love in fandom. So much great art and work and translations and scans and, like, just internet history and culture has just been lost to the... decimation and degradation that has gone on through these companies yeah so i I did find that that uh, i found the great description for the movie okay just gonna read it it. all right we meet famous boxer i'm sorry we meet famous actor boxer santaros who makes up who wakes up in hermosa beach with a case of amnesia a porn star lover and a movie script he's written entitled the power which uncannily imitates and predicts the events in the present and foretells the end of the world in three days. That sounded like something ChatGPT generated. <laughs> well, actually, you mentioned Operation Rainfall. We, as we move on to Xenoblade 1, what was that like, since you were a part of that? So, yeah, the, the Rainfall campaigns, that was definitely interesting because... You know, that that came out at a time where, uh, at least from my recollection, Nintendo announced Monado at, at the E3, and um, a lot of us saw it. We thought it looked kind of interesting. I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I personally didn't give two shits about it. And it wouldn't be till later on that I saw an article from Silicon Era that was like, actually, they're going to call it Xenoblade, and... I think it was Silicon Arrow, it was some site. And then that's when I started paying attention. I was like, wait a second. I like Gears. I like Saga. I'm going to start paying attention to this. And yeah, like the campaign was going on and there's a lot of like promoting the game, introducing it to people who had never heard of it. And uh, it was it was cool because it felt like we reached a lot of people um, and it just spread a lot of awareness for the game. And Eventually, when the game came out, it was like a big deal. It was like, holy crap, this game actually is coming out instead of America or actually deciding to bring, it, bring the game over. And I, it, it's, it's like weird because I know in retrospect, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to think that like Nintendo of America actually even gave the game a chance to begin with, considering like so many people had given up on the Wii by that point. Like people just were not around for any of the Wii's good games. You don't know how many times I've gotten into arguments with people about like 
the Wii actually having decent games. A lot of people I know were, like refused to play anything on the Wii. Like they all had one. I don't know why they wouldn't. That was just it. Like everybody had a Wii, and people just refused to play any any games on it. Like it wasn't even uncommon to walk into someone's house and to see a Wii, and there'd be like three games. It'd be like there'd be like Wii Fit, Mario Kart Wii, and then maybe like Smash, or like I guess like Twilight Princess if you're lucky. People like, nobody joke cared. about the Wii U gathering dust, but I mean, yeah. the games it had, it actually probably had more people playing them than the Wii U did, apparently. Yeah, like, you probably could make a case about the Wii U having a b- bigger attach rate than just, like, the regular Wii, because people just did not care to play the Wii at the time. And you've got Xenoblade, an RPG, which, that era, RPGs were kind of fighting an uphill battle at that time, which is a whole other conversation in and of itself. So, you know, the fact that we were getting this this game and it looked as impressive as it did at the time was kind of a huge deal. Uh, it was it was really cool. And what I really liked about um, the community at the time with this game was that people were really cool about not spoiling it, at least in my experience. Uh, like there was a whole seven thing. Yeah, I was about to say people still use seven. Yeah, people uh, were people were actually really good about that. Except there was one time I'm I I oh I'm just bitter. There was just one time I said I defeated a level seventy fish, and spoiler alert, someone uh, replied, "Yeah, I just got done killing level seventy Dixon or something like that." I'm like, uh, oh man! But I'm at the beginning of the game. What are you talking about? Uh Anyway, for the most part, the begin from what I remember, the, the the early days of Xenoblade, like Operation Rainfall days, it was mostly positive because everyone yeah. wanted to play the games. Exactly. Or the game. Save the game? Wait a minute, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, guys. I can, I can hear, hear. I opened up the link. link. I hear two voices. Okay, let's um, let's go over to it. Yeah, we'll quit out of Discord. Hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah. I, I look. I'm 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 ancient. I don't know what this is. It's okay. You know, I'm I'm 81. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 81 this year. I don't know anything <laughs> about the Zencaster stuff. Okay. See, look what I can do. But oh, yeah. yeah. Are we recording with this thing? I don't know how this works. I don't know what this this Zen it, thing it, is. It means you don't have to do anything because, okay. like, OBS is recording all sounds from our computer. Exactly. But so, so if I, if I play a soundboard, will we hear it? Uh, if we hear it in this call, yes. Yeah, Tyler, is it true? Yes. Unless, unless you, Hold there on. is an option in Discord to turn that soundboard off. Actually, oh, I, I, thought, I think Pierre wants to to play it. Weird. But I before okay, let's slow down. If you have seen the pilot of Omega Res Novae, please contact security immediately. Um. By the way, I think Tyler, I think you're breathing at the mic just a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um. Sorry. Um. Yeah, it was. It was podcast. No, I'm kidding. It was. uh, (laughs) Watch me, Chief. (laughs) We can do a test before we start. Damn, that was good. Can ASMR? Yeah, I probably should have saved that for my intro, but you know I've done that twice already. So, (laughs) come on, I did on the podcast first. (laughs) (laughs) 
forgot. No, I think you did. Yeah, your oh, first yeah. episode, I think. Yeah, it was very first episode. First guest episode. Mm-hmm. Should have brought the rum bottle back in here and pulled that cork out. <laughs> there you go. Please switch to disc two.